Music and Ideas, 91.3 KBCS, Bellevue, Seattle, Tacoma, a broadcast service of Bellevue College since 1973. It's a few minutes past 1 o'clock on this Thursday afternoon. My name's Ian Hughes. Thank you for coming along here with us today. I certainly appreciate your time and your ears. Coming up in over 1 o'clock with a uh, wonderful singer and songwriter from right here in the Pacific Northwest, Cooper Stolil. And I am very pleased to welcome Cooper live into the KBCS studio. You may remember Cooper as part of a band called Dravis House, but his latest solo record is called Someday in the Light Again. It's a beautiful meditative piece of work about dreams and lives gone by and all connected by Cooper's unmistakable guitar work. In some ways, I think of this as A pandemic record, the sort of thing made when the world forces you to stop and gives you perhaps the rare opportunity to reflect. Cooper performs tonight with Larson Gardens and Zazo at Connor Byrne in Ballard. This is Cooper Stolo, 91.3 KBCS.
Take a hold me 
91.3 KBCS Roots Rock and Soul. We are live in the KBCS studio with Cooper Stolil. Cooper performs tonight at Connor Byrne. And uh, Cooper, it is uh, really uh, a pleasure to have you have you back in, into the studio. It's been, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, I'm yeah. so honored to be back. Oh, it's Thank so you for wonderful to have you. Uh, you put out a, a really great record uh, last, uh, I, guess it, I guess it has been uh, last year, called uh, Someday in the Light Again. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, not your first uh, solo effort, but uh, a very expansive uh, solo effort, mm-hmm. uh, and it was really quite beautiful and quite meditative, and, and really kept me company uh, throughout some of the grayer months. Uh, yeah. It just seemed to seemed to fit with my meditative mood <laughs> of 2022. So thank you for that, and thanks for coming back in. Oh, thank you for the kind words. Yeah. <laughs> In some ways, when I think of your music, if I was to stretch for, you know, a touchstone, I might come up with Elliot Smith or Iron and Wine and these types of singer and songwriters. But I had read that some of your earliest memories were actually some country music guys like Merle Haggard and mm-hmm. Willie Nelson. And at first I was like, oh, how does that kind of fit? But Merle and Willie created a lot of wonderful melodies. They had just an ear for them. And kind of when I think about what you do so well on your records and your music and vocally and, you know, playing the guitar is it's really melody based. Mm. Uh, did, did you think that there was some influence there that has sort of uh, creeped in over the years uh, through some of these uh, masters of melody? I guess all four of those before mentioned uh, musicians, yeah. you know, you can talk about melody as being one of the driving parts of what they do. Yeah, I I mean, I think inevitably, probably so. I mean, some of my earliest memories were taking road trips and my dad would put on Merle Haggard. Um, so it's definitely made itself known. I think it probably wasn't until I started m- writing music and would like watch people playing something on YouTube and usually it was like an Elliott Smith song or an Iron One song to kind right. of to kind of copy them and learn about, you know, craft that way. Um, yeah, I don't, I guess. Does that come, does that come early for you when you're writing? Are you, are you sort of picking out melody before the lyrics or does it kind of coming at the same time? How does that creative process kind of work itself out in your songs? It usually starts with guitar. Usually I'm just, that's like my, that's home home for me. I okay. feel most comfortable playing, and I think usually just I'll come up with some kind of riff and um, start like humming along. And um, yeah. lyrics are probably the last thing that I get to. I'm also kind of just a lazy songwriter, so it takes me. I can write a song on the guitar very quickly, and usually I'll enjoy it, but. Lyrics take me forever. Maybe, so, I see. I would call you a thoughtful songwriter. I, I don't know. It, it depends on how you're going to look at it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe sometimes, but sometimes it just comes out in a big splat. <laughs> yeah, that's all right too. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. You talk about guitar sort of kind of being home for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think of your music, really the first thing I think about is your guitar mm-hmm. and the sort of snaky lines that you that you, that you uh, do. It's it's very unique. And you've actually created, I think, a very unique voice mm. that I specifically think of as Cooper Stolil's sort of guitar oh, play, uh, which goes back to the Dravis House collaborations and throughout your solo stuff. There's a sort of, a, I don't know, there's this like wonderful history of jangly, chiming American guitar. You know, you can go back to the Everly Brothers. Uh, you can go back to the Birds. Of course, you can go 
more forward to Big Star and REM, but there's yeah. a lot of that sort of jangle in your guitar work, maybe even a little bit of, you know, sort of Joshua Tree, and I know sure. it's not American, but yeah. uh, Joshua Tree era <laughs> edge work and stuff with the way that you play the electric guitar and, and quite frankly, even your finger picking style and the acoustic mm -hmm. has that sort of chiming, that sort of jangle. Can you talk to us about, did you, is this something that you've stumbled across? Was there a moment when it clicked and this was sort of your sound and you kind of explored into it? Yeah, I mean, it, I didn't. I didn't learn how to play guitar in standard tuning. I actually learned how to play in open D. Um, you learned in open D. Yeah, and then came to standard later on. <laughs> and so, I think the beautiful thing about open tunings is inevitably there's all this sympathetic notes and um, the droney kind of sitar quality. It just kind of happens regardless in those tunings, and which to be honest, is sometimes frustrating these days when it comes to gigging, and I'm, I hate tuning on stage, so I'll just bring multiple guitars so I don't have to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I'm forgetting what the original question was. Well, I'm, I'm really curious about how in the world uh, you stumbled into learning the guitar in an open tuning. That's, that's very unique. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you cannot walk into a guitar store and you can rarely walk into anyone's home and pick up a guitar and yeah. have it in an open tuning naturally. Yeah, I think um, listening to Nick Drake a lot when I was in like middle school and high school was just like huge because, uh, you know, uh, like Pink Moon, for instance, like I think every song is in a different tuning yeah. <laughs> and they're also like rich and textural. I think it's the texture of it that really like draws me in. Um, so, so it was really, uh, it, it was, it was, it was on purpose then when you, when you picked up the guitar and decided to play and you're listening to Pink, I mean, what a great record and what yeah. a great musician Nick was. Totally. Uh, so you were saying, what did he do? And how can I do that? Was yeah. that is that is that fair? I totally. Know. I mean, I just it wasn't like I was trying to sound exactly like right. him as much right. as I just was like, man, when I listen to this music, like my heart, my soul, just like feels something. Yeah. You know the way that those the chords are kind of weird. Like, I also I, I have like my music theory is terrible, right. so it's kind of just like I'm <laughs> hacking along the way, and I think that was something that was so. Um, and has been so awesome about getting to work with Elena and Dravis House is just that like she's such a good songwriter and when we were working on that album there was just a lot of space for me to explore and find how to how to weave two guitar parts together that are playing totally different things um, it's quirky it's kind of not traditional mm -hmm. it's in part you know making the best out of a, a limitation my own limitation of not having great great theory or understanding of the instrument but just knowing kind of how i wanted to to sound yeah yeah did you know that was weird did you know that it was weird to kind of start with open tunings and and, and kind of work your way through or was that part of that limitation is not necessarily even knowing um i didn't really think about it until probably i got to like college and started jamming huh, with other yeah. people and it was right problematic <laughs> you know it's like i mean so many of our so many of our great musicians uh, limitation is not quite the right word that I'm thinking of. You know, I think of like Elizabeth Cotton, you know, and she uh, played the guitar upside down, you know, with the high E string at the top yep. uh, because she was left handed. 
And so when she naturally picked up the guitar, that's how she played it. And, you know, nobody told her it was wrong. And so she was self-taught and learned how to do, of course, some of the most beautiful guitar riffs that Americana has, has, you know, ever, ever created. Uh, So I don't know. Uh, I I think that's kind of sometimes it's our limitations that create that uniqueness and create that beauty. Yeah. Maybe limitations of limiting words. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us about the uh, creation of this record. Uh, is it is it fair to call it a pandemic record? Is it, it it's meditative? It's quiet. It feels like it sort of came out of that period of time. Uh, was that uh, just taken before that, or was that sort of written throughout that period? Yeah, of, of the locked. And I guess I, I specifically mean the lockdown period when yeah. I say that versus the ongoing totally. <laughs> pandemic. Totally. Yeah, it's funny. I most of the songs. Some of them are almost a decade old at this point, hmm. and it was just kind of a collection of songs that I had been gigging a little bit, and those kind of met with some kind of pandemic songs. Maybe there, there's two actually I wrote like during lockdown, one of which is um, Professional Race Car Driver, which I'll play shortly, and um, Radio Static. We're both just kind of, I'm stuck in my house, and I want to... I took um, like some online songwriting classes and just kind of... Um, try to get inspired again, try to like meet the instrument and especially songwriting in a different way. I'm like, I said it before, I'm such a lazy songwriter. And so it really takes me getting out of my own head to, to, um, what do you, what do you, what do you learn in a professional songwriting class online? (laughs) Um, what did I learn? You know, one of the (laughs) coolest things it, it was with, um, uh, Buck Meek from Big Thief. Yeah. Um, through, I think it's called school of song. It's such a rad organization. Um, was just to, I guess a lot of it is creating, some of the exercises are creating limitations for you um, to try to work with. One of my favorites was just like writing a song um, and refining the lyrics, but not really starting with words, starting with just sounds and mouth shapes. Mm -hmm. And then you listen to that voice recording back and then it's like you try to interpret what the mouth shapes were. And it's kind of a fun way, I think, to tap into the unconscious a little bit because you're hearing what you're you're picking up on sounds that aren't words and interpreting them and you know that confluence of what comes out of that is kind of exciting and bizarre <laughs> like that. If you're just tuning in, uh, we're we're talking with Cooper Stolil. Cooper performs tonight at uh, Connor Byrne in downtown Ballard. Uh, Larson Gardens is also also on that bill. Should be a nice night of music. Uh, you mentioned a uh, professional race car driver, uh, which is a, a great song of yours. I really love it. And of course, the natural question is: uh, it's a song about dreams and and, and whatnot. To, to at least uh, at least on one particular hearing of it. Yeah. Did you want to be a professional race car driver? Is there like a <laughs> is there like a Steve McQueen, you know, there was <laughs> in a, there somewhere? There was a season of life where I was really um, into like race cars and, and and rally racing and you know, circa high school Cooper and yeah. These days it's kind of translated into just riding bikes, like yeah. riding and racing bikes a little bit, and so it's kind of a fun. I, I always kind of liken that back to the tagline of just like. Uh, um, as long as I've got speed, I'm never going to need to explain all my thoughts. You know, it's just a yeah. med- when you're going fast, you're meditating. You don't have to think about the world. It's yeah. I was going to pull that line out today and tell you that, you know, I had you uh, trapped in the room and you were going to have to explain all of your thoughts. <laughs> I'm glad we, we got there already. We got there. Can we hear it? Of course. Yeah. 
You're tuned to 91.3 KVCS, and we are talking and listening to the music of uh, Cooper Stolo. That I really want to be professional race car driver As long as I got speed I'm never gonna need to explain all my thoughts And I got a couple of those Letting the unsigned The story of an epic kind I'm not the raging word Or the softest I'm not a patient anything but Free to drive In all directions Free to drive In all directions Well now I can't confess That I really want to be Professional race car driver as long as I got speed, I'm never gonna need to explain all my thoughts. And I got a couple of those. KBCS. We're listening to uh, Cooper Stolil live here in the KBCL studio. Uh, Cooper performs at Connor Byrne uh, tonight in downtown Ballard, and we were listening to a professional race car driver. Not the uh, <laughs> not the not the best rebounder. I love it. <laughs> There's some really really wonderful lines in there. Uh, you know, it, you have a, you have a lot of songs that I really admire. I think uh, perhaps my favorite is one called "Radio Static." Mm. Uh, I think it's it's a gorgeous song, and I'm you know, uh, it'll it'll come as a, no surprise and, and perhaps a little cheesy that I'm drawn to radio songs, um, and I'm drawn to uh, you know just just the whole sort of. Uh, the whole sort of vibe of radio waves, I think it's quite magical. It's a little mystical uh, to sort of capture onto these things. And I love how radio static and, and way has, has been used uh, creatively and, and different narratives over the years, uh, speaking to and from, you know, vast places, sometimes, you know, 
earthly, sometimes beyond all sorts of other things. I understand that this particular song was written about your uncle, which I think is uh, really marvelous. What was what was his name? What and talk, can you talk to us just a moment about that? Yeah, um, Uncle George. Um, yeah, he passed away I think in 2014. And um, yeah, the song isn't really a story. It's kind of kind of like a painting of just kind of a moment of visiting the hospital with family and um, yeah, like com- communicating. I mean, the song is so much about communicating, whether it's like, you know, from the beyond or in this moment when you're sitting next to someone who's um, kind of on their way out. Um, there's kind of a, a family fable about um, finding dimes on the ground as, you know, being someone trying to communicate with you and kind of tried to weave all these elements into the song um yeah i don't know i don't know what it's about i think it's just communication and communicating when we perceivably can't anymore but still are you know we're still connected our hearts are still doing some some form of talking hearing Wanting to be open to it, yeah. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you know, it's it's easy to get caught uh, in the aboutness, perhaps. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. You know. I don't. I don't know why I'm flipping to uh, the painter Mark Rothko in my brain. Like, you know, there's not exactly an aboutness mm. to what Mark Rothko did on these massive canvases of color yeah. and squares and lines. You know that he did. And yet there's very few painters that make me feel the way Mark Rothko makes me feel. And yeah. so that sort of, and, 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 and there's a, you know, some sort of tangential connection to radio static there in, in the song, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps in its very abstractness as a sure. non-narrative, as sort of capturing a moment. Is, yeah. That, yeah. is, that, is that fair? I don't know. Totally. Hmm. Totally. I like that likeness. Yeah, it's just kind of, um, it's a moment. Yeah, it it's was a just, just being there, trying to convey the feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cooper, thank you for coming in. Uh, we're going to take a listen to Radio Static, and I'm going to tell everybody one more time that uh, Cooper Stolil will be performing at Connor Byrne tonight. Uh, Larson Gardens on that bill, uh, Zalzo on, also on that bill. Cooper's uh, last uh, record came out uh, late last year called Sometime, uh, Someday in the Light Again, and you can find that on Bandcamp and uh, perhaps on, uh, uh, what's the, the best way? All the places. All the places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like Bandcamp best, but I do too. Uh, that's, just, uh, that's just me getting a plug in there for it. Uh, thanks for coming in, and uh, it's been really lovely chatting with you and uh, sharing some music. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Ian. I love like what you do for the music community. Oh. So, and I've heard, like, I've learned so many artists through you. So I'm so appreciative to right back get at to you. hop on. 91.3 KBCS. This is Cooper Stallone.